BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the show. Before we start, I want to talk to you about the All of Us Research Program. Hispanics are the largest ethnic minorities in the United States, close to 20% of the population. However, we are underrepresented in research studies with only 10%. This gap means that researchers don't know as much about our own health. Hispanics deserve to be represented in studies so we can know more about our health and be as healthy as possible. As our population grows, so should our participation. Create a better future by participating. Just visit joinallofus.org slash highly relevant. Welcome to episode 163 of the Highly Relevant Podcast, a show about how Latinx pop culture is reshaping mainstream entertainment. I'm your host, Jack Rico, and we continue my retrospective series for Hispanic Heritage Month, where I revisit with you my favorite interviews of the last five years. One of those great favorite interviews that I loved having was with one of the biggest Latino stars in Hollywood. He is Eugenio Derbez. And we talked about why he thought of retiring in his 40s, why he decided to make that transition from Spanish language career to an English language one in Hollywood, and how he escaped the dreaded sellout label from his Mexican peers. I also had a chance to talk to Dawn Locke. She is the acting director of the Governmental Accountability Office who shed some light on the results of the new Hispanic Media Workforce report that Joaquin Castro in Congress requested. But first, it's time I give you my weekly recap of the top Latinx pop culture headlines in a segment I like to call Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie, TV, music news of the week. Jennifer Lopez empowers Omari Hardwick a go in Netflix assassin thriller The Mother. Eugenio Derbez's Acapulco from Apple TV Plus releases October 8th. Amazon Studios is producing a one-day virtual event celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month called Voces, starring John Leguizamo, Laz Alonzo, and Joaquin Castro. Don Omari Residente collaborate on a new track called Flow HP. Shang-Chi will start streaming on November 12th as part of the Disney Plus Day. Camila Bell to star in Tubi Original movie 10 Truths About Love. Eva Longoria developing a sci-fi series based on a book inspired by Cuban mythology called Sal and Gabby Break the Universe. Tiger King is returning for a second season on Netflix later this year and Roxy Diaz is hosting Fox's new musical competition show Alter Ego, the world's first Avatar singing competition series. 
And in tech and social media news, Twitter rolls out a tipping feature to all adult users and adds Bitcoin as a payment method. Marvel and SiriusXM launch a paid audio subscription on Apple Podcasts. Instagram is building a favorites feature so you don't miss important posts. Google will spend $2.1 billion on a Manhattan office building on the west side of New York, and its new Google Nest Hub can now show visual responses in Spanish. A new report from the Governmental Accountability Office of the United States just announced that they conducted a research study about the Hispanic media workforce. I spoke to acting director Dawn Locke, who oversaw the report, to tell me the key points of what she felt stood out. Really, the bottom line is that Hispanics are not present in the media in a way that is commensurate with their population in the workforce. There are even some real disparities across media occupations. We see anything from, for example, uh, 7% Hispanics are in, in editing, um, Hispanics are represented um, at 12% in, in actors, and then have 16%, uh, there's 16% Hispanics in music. And even more, Jack, the, the breakouts in the uh, jobs are very apparent when it comes to leadership. So for example, you'll see in our report, there's 22% of Hispanics um, in service workers jobs, where, where there's only 4% in senior management positions. As our tables show, Hispanics make up about 16% of the mu music directors and composers, um, whereas, for example, broadcast announcers and radio industry, they're only 12%. Um, and that goes down into print media. So in print media, um, we see only, you know, really eight or seven percent of those industries being represented by Hispanics. That was Don Locke, acting director of the Governmental Accountability Office of the United States. Before we continue with our interview with Eugenio Derbez, let's talk about the All of Us research program. Hispanic culture is pop culture. We are leaving our mark everywhere from music to food to fashion. One place where we need to make an impact is scientific research. All of Us wants to include our voices in research so we have a better idea of how unique we are genetically and to see if we're prone to other diseases. Did you know that individuals of Puerto Rican descent are roughly twice as likely to develop diabetes as someone with South American heritage? Join the revolution by participating in All of Us. Visit joinallofus.org slash highly relevant. Known for being one of the biggest comedians in Mexico, Eugenio Derbez made a splash in the indie film scene with his bilingual movie, Instructions Not Included. Valentin? Si? Es tu hija. Okay. It became the highest grossing Spanish language film and the fourth highest grossing foreign film of all time. He followed that up with How to Be a Latin Lover, Overboard, Dora in the Lost City of Gold, Coda, and now Acapulco, his latest TV series with Apple TV Plus that premieres October 8th. In this interview from April 27, 2018, Eugenio and I discussed his new movie at the time, Overboard, but what we really talked about was some of the struggles he was having fitting in into Hollywood's exclusive club. We talked about accents, transitioning to starring in English language movies, how he overcame the sellout stigma from Mexican peers, and why he believes that Hollywood is afraid of creating Latino movie stars. I don't know what day it is. I don't even know my own name. Amnesia in our little town. That's him. I have an idea that is poetic in its justice. 
Eugenio, how are you? Welcome to the Highly Relevant Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, and I, um, you pronounce my name really, really well. Pues claro que sí, porque es que soy latino, por eso. Ah, con razón. <laughs> and so I remember I saw something on YouTube where you and Jennifer Garner, you were going through asking many people how to pronounce your name. And I'm like, but it's just, just pronounce it phonetically. Eugenio. And I don't know why so many Americans uh, have such problems uh, pronouncing your name. You know why they have problem? Because they read it. Oh, and okay. They read it, they say Eugenio. <laughs> Eugenio. Exactly. If, if they just hear the name and just pronounce it, it's going to be easier. But they don't do that. They read it and then they, it's like shocking for them. Eugenio, I want to share a story that you and I have together. I'm not sure if you remember this, but back in the day when you used to do Latino logs at the Helen Hayes Theater here in New York City, it was a pretty big deal because it was rare to see a Mexican, a Latino actor come to Broadway and kind of basically do his own show. And it was like, oh my God. So I used to be the uh, entertainment anchor over at Univision 41 in New York City. Uh-huh. And you and I, I interviewed you for that show. And I remember there was a moment that we were begging people to try and come to the show. So, tú y yo nos arrodillamos enfrente de la, de la cámara. Y le estamos... It was one of the funniest moments. Everybody was talking about that for so long because they thought that it was so funny for you to do that. Um, because it was the comical <laughs> aspect of, of everything. And so it's one of the great memories I have, yes. I, I, I've shared with you. Oh, yeah, I remember that moment, Jack. I mean, I, you just brought me back the, 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 that memory. Yeah. Uh, it was really funny. I know, I know. Well, you know, that this happened in 2005. Yeah, yeah. And look how much, so look how much has changed for you. I mean, I wanted to kind of uh, start talking a little bit about Overboard, but more than anything... Your life has changed. I know you from Familia Peluche. I know you from Univision. And now you're a different Eugenio Derbez. And I'm not sure what has gone into that. I'm not sure uh, how your mind has changed business-wise and how you look at yourself as a business, as a brand, and the accomplishments and the goals that you want to achieve But I think the first question I want to ask is, with such a successful career based in Spanish language, what are the main reasons that you have to that you have decided to make English language movies? Oh, that's a great question. Um, listen, <clears throat> um, I was I had a dream when I was eight, nine years old. Uh, I had the dream of conquer Hollywood, and I used to watch the Oscars every single year with my mom by my side. And I, I, I always was telling her, I, I want to do that when I grow up. I want to be telling stories. I want to, I want to make movies, and I want to go to Hollywood. So. Um, It was my dream for many, many years. And I remember that when I was 18, 17, 18, I started preparing myself to come to the U.S. to, to, to study and to try to break in into Hollywood. Uh, but, you know, 
And that's, that was my plan, but life took me in another direction. And I started working in Mexico, and I forgot about my dream. Mm, interesting. And um, I became a dad, and I had to pay, you know, bills and whatever. The thing is that I forgot about my dream. And so when did it, when did it trigger again? What was the event that made you want to stop what you're doing and recorrect your path? I was like, uh, I was 40 years old, more or less, when I said, I'm like kind of uh, tired of doing the same thing. Uh, I was like in my comfort zone and I wanted, I, I was getting bored. And I said, what's next? Just another season of Familia Peluche, another one after another one. And, and I said, you know, I, I want to retire young. I don't want to be here forever. I, I, I think I should start thinking about retiring. And I was 40 wow. years old. 40 years old, you're already thinking about retirement. Yes, because I said, I don't want to be doing this forever. And I want just to go live life and do something else. But my mom dies by then, around in 2002, something like that. And I'm sure my mom, when she died, she, she, she was encouraging me to pursue my dreams. And after she died, a few weeks later, I received a call from an agent from the U.S. Get out of here. And, and, and he said, I want you to come here to the U.S. because I, I wanted to work with you. And that was the call that triggered everything. Uh, and, and, and that moment after I hung up the, the phone, I opened the Jello pages and starting, I started taking English classes. I was just going to ask you about that. But before anything, do you correlate that the call that the agent made to maybe your mother in heaven? Absolutely. I think she, it was her reminding me, you have a dream. You had a dream. And you have to go for it. And so after that call, I, I started uh, learning English. I came to Los Angeles to, for an intensive course of English. And in that trip, my teacher told me, uh, you should go watch a, a play in English just to practice your English. The play is called Latino. <laughs> okay, so that's how Latino Longs happened. And I went to the theater, caught in a theater, a small theater in Los Angeles, and, and that's my first contact with Latino Longs and with the cast. And then uh, they invited me to be part of the show. I said, impossible, I don't speak English. Um, but I went to Mexico with that in my head, and three months later I said, why not? I'm going to give it a try. I learned the script, just memorized the script with a lot of mistakes. And actually, let me tell you, let tell you something, Jack. I was already on Broadway after three years of performing the show, and I was still making a lot of mistakes, and nobody told me. And I, I was not aware that I was making so a lot of- So how did you find uh, out that you were making mistakes? Uh, many years later, I was like, why nobody told me back then? And one one guy told me the other day, we thought you were joking. We thought you were doing that oh. on purpose. And I was like, no, it was me. It was- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it, was it was the real me. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened. And, and, and the rest is history. History has been great to you, but, you know, there's something in between there that I wanted to kind of tackle. There's a lot of Latinos 
They want their Latinos to stay Latino. Y especialmente en México, when a Mexican decides to come to the United States, they feel like he's a sellout. Yes. And we all know that there's differences and sort of even cultural clashes between the Mexican and the Mexican-American that lives in L.A. How has yes. your Mexican community, your, your peers from Mexico, the Televisa guys, how have they embraced this? Do they think, ah, mira lo que pasó con Eugenio Derbez. Se fue allá y, y, y he, he sold out. He's now making English language movies. You're not going to be able to talk to him anymore because he's not really Mexican anymore. He wants to embrace this American culture. Have you dealt with that? Yes, a little bit, but I, I've been doing something that makes all this situation different because that happened especially with Salma, mm -hmm. for example. That happened exactly like that with Salma. But I, that's why I started... Uh, putting a lot of Spanish in my movies. And that's why I usually dub my movies in Spanish. And I'm still touring, like doing promotion tours in Mexico and in the U.S. because I want my people to know that I'm still with them, that I'm, that I'm doing a team with them, that I'm succeeding and with them. And you're also bringing in and Mexican talent into your movies as well, like an overboard. Exactly. And that's why... In my case, feels different because I'm not the kind of uh, person that I say, I, guys, uh, I'm gone now. I'm in Hollywood. I'm, I don't speak Spanish anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm really aware that I have an audience that has been faithful to me. That's why I keep uh, going back to Mexico. I do some work here and there. I still put some Spanish in my movies so they know that I'm still thinking in my in my core audience. I wanted to talk to you about the formula that you've come up with that has been very successful that for some weird reason no one else has been able to replicate with the level of success that you have and that is the amalgamation, the mixing, the blending of Hispanic culture and white American culture in one single movie. Uh, when I saw Overboard, there's a couple of, th there's like two or three things that, that hit me right off the bat. And I'm going to give you one idea that I think you should do and you should really, really consider it because I think it'd be brilliant. The first one was, you decided to take an American film that er all Americans know, which is Overboard with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, and you decided to yeah. reimagine it, right, for today. Secondly, the yeah. roles were reversed, but more than anything, for the first time in a long time, the Mexican wasn't the service worker. The Mexican was the exactly. millionaire. And the, and the white exactly. Caucasian person that usually is the millionaire in almost every movie is now the service worker. So I thought that, that made a social statement. Exactly. About today. Exactly. And I'm not sure if everybody's going to see that, but I noticed that that's Eugenio doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you totally, I totally caught it. And then thirdly, more than anything, was... Uh -huh. This ability to see a family of... In, basically, you have an interracial story here. It's a Hispanic man yeah. and a white woman together with white kids. And how they called yeah. you dad. And they never had a problem with your accent. They never had a problem with the way you look. You barely mentioned that part of the story. It was really about the energy of the family, of how... 
how that family unit came together with love and light and just family, you know? It, 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 it was this beautiful thing that had nothing to do with prejudice or racism or anything. And so it led me to this whole idea. You know what you should do? You star in a movie where you're the Mexican dad with six kids and you marry a white woman with her six white kids. And the cultural clashes <laughs> that would occur in school, in the neighborhood, at work, and explore those social nuances in this particular political and social climate in the United States and redefine the way the American family looks like. But it's tackled and explored in a Hollywood film. Jack, let me tell you that I'm, I'm speechless because, first of all, you got every single detail that we wanted to address in the movie you got it you got everything we did all that all that you said we did it on purpose but not everyone got Mm. it i mean you're the only one and i've been believe me i've been uh having a, a many 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 interviews and you are the one that just got it you got every single detail so first of all thank you thank no, you please, for that thank you and uh and um and your idea about uh, doing this it, it, it's amazing i'm gonna consider it i, I swear <laughs> we we didn't want to to make any comments about uh, leonardo being mexican and, and and you know this interracial uh, uh couple with with kids we didn't want to address anything about it because it, that's america yeah. i mean if you walk into a store, you're going to find an Asian, an Indian, and a Latino, two Afro-Americans. That's America. And nobody says anything. It's not like, oh, look. So that's what we wanted to do in the movie. And, and I really thank you for, uh, for getting the picture, the whole picture, and, and, and getting the message. So thank you very much, Jack. And, and it's a great idea, I swear. I'm going to call you. <laughs> Please, I have I have a ton of ideas. I, have, I definitely do. Of course. You're going to be part of the movie. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and then finally, before I let you go, um, a couple of things. Number one, you know, I've been talking on this podcast for quite some time about the myth of the Latino movie star. You're a lead actor in your movies. Why do you think Hollywood hasn't created that Latino movie star? Because they are they're afraid, Jack. They're, they're afraid of people not, uh, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't get it. Uh, let me tell you why I've been hearing every single time I go to, um, with a producer or, uh, or someone in the industry to tell a story or whatever, they're always telling me, eh, it's too Latino. Or they're telling my agents, yeah, you know, he has an accent. Uh, he's too Latino. He has an accent, or this story is too Latino, or whatever. But then they see Salma and Sofia with a thick, thick accent, and they love them. So it's crazy. I don't get it. It's just that they are, they, they, they're not opening their minds to new ideas. They, they're not seeing out of, uh, out of the box. They're just like, you sound foreign. I don't like you. But then they realize, oh, this girl is really charming and beautiful. Who is she? Salma Hayek or Sofia Vergara. Oh, we love her. Well, they should be open for everything. Same happened with uh, Guillermo del Toro and um, González Iñárritu and Alfonso Cuarón. They 
because they come from another country. They're doing amazing films and it feels mm -hmm. different. Nobody else can make a shape of water just Guillermo del Toro because he comes from another country. He's, he has another kind of a feedback background. So that's why we have to be open to diversity, to have a different kind of a things in, 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 in movies in Hollywood. And same happens with Latinos. They are afraid of, uh, you know, you know, uh, People, they're not going to like it that he's a Latino. Let's go for a white male instead. But um, eventually, I think um, that's what I started opening in my, my production company, Jack. We, we wanted to make this joke. We we're playing with words uh, that it's tripas because we take all the decisions. We are tripas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, we make a decision with the tripas. So, and so what is the mission statement of tripas? That, uh, first of all, I, I, I decided to give myself uh, work. I, I employed myself by doing my own movies because I knew since the beginning that it was going to be hard. So this way, I do my own movies, I hide myself, and then eventually they're going to hopefully uh, like my work and they're going to call me. But right now, I need to employ myself. That's why. Is, it, is the target about creating products for... American audiences? First of all, we want to take care of uh, second generations. For We want to take care of those Latinos that know English, but they still want to know. We, we see people that, for example, I have a lot of fans that grew up watching my shows, but now they just look uh, English uh, or TV or, or English speaking movies. So that's why I want to... Um, get to those uh, Latinos and also conquer a new audience for me. Uh, and I would get, I, I'm, I want to get into the Anglo market, to the general market by doing my own movies. And uh, I want to change their mind about Latinos. That's why I'm always trying to portray a different kind of Latino. Uh, that's why I did Geostorm, where I play an astronaut. That's what I'm doing overboard with being a millionaire instead of a janitor. And uh, that's what I'm, um, I did Miracles from Heaven, where I did a, a, a doctor that is uh, the number one in, in Boston Pediatrician Hospital. And that's what I want to do. I want to try to change a little bit more. You're breaking uh, stereotypes. Breaking stereotypes and change the, the image of Latinos in Hollywood. Uh, you're, you're like a unicorn right now. You know, you're, 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 you're the only person kind of doing what you're doing. And there's no other... I just don't really see many people kind of going in, in, in this category that you're doing and you're killing it, man. So I just want to thank you and congratulate you. you for having the balls <laughs> to deal with the criticism, <laughs> to deal with the risks, with the challenges of getting to where you need to go. I know it's not easy, Eugenio, for us Latinos. It's not easy uh -huh. getting into this uh, marketplace, especially because there's it's a marketplace of clicks. It's their guys. It's, you know, absolutely. It, it's it's hard and and and, and especially uh, in my case it's even harder because you know I, I don't speak the language and, and and it's really hard to 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 get there or, or to be the the Eugenio that I used to was that I was in Spanish so uh, I appreciate all your words and and I, I like that you are recognizing all this effort thank you very much Jack.
Just before I wrap up here, here are three Latin tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Contracorriente, Camilo VII y Simena Sariñana. Sin ti, mi fuerza de Ah, mami, me duele cuando no estás conmigo. Y aunque soy tu hombre, todavía soy amigo. De ti yo te amo. That means I love you dearly. And every time you go on, I'm always gonna want you near me, Snoopy. Qué maldición. Banda MS featuring Snoop Dogg y Becky G. Until the day, Alexis and T Pain. That's it for episode 163 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. If you like this episode, please share with your friends and have them subscribe and leave a review. You'd be helping us reach many more people. If you would like to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jack Rico. Next week, we revisit my interview with Puerto Rican actress Aubrey Plaza. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.